everybody. I'm Adam Hergenrother. Welcome to Business Meets Spirituality, where we believe in personal growth through business success. I'm joined by my chief of staff, Hallie Warner, and today we're going to jump into the wonderful, wonderful topic about how to explode through ceilings in your life or just being very purposeful in your life and how, and how models play into this because models ultimately are what allow you to uh, break through areas where you're stuck. Right. I mean, and, that's and to get what get what you want. Yeah, to get what you want. I mean, it's literally that's that's the basic of this. So if there's something that you want, and you're not getting it, then you need a model. <laughs> yes, exactly. So what is a model? How you define it? How we're going to talk about it in this podcast? What's a model? Yeah, you know, a, a model. We looked at the de- definition. We actually did a like a three minute thing in there, and we're like, we need to start this over <laughs> yeah, because it was working. not going the right the right direction. Um, but we looked at the model, and it's like that that example of somebody that you follow, a um, system, a or, system a thing. or a thing, in an example that you're following. And in our kind of definition of a model, it's really um, how do you get a repeatable result in an area in your life that you really want to see the result right? You can't have models for everything. And and this is the example that I always, we'll jump into this a little bit more, but um, one of the examples you do is like, you know, if you don't want to golf seven times a day and don't go out there when you go out and golf, you know, twice a a year and expecting to be a scratch golfer, right? Because you just, you're kind of going the wing it to have fun, right? A model is something that you put into play when you've decided, you've gotten very clear that you want something in your life, right? That you want. And then you start figuring out who's done that, right? Success leaves clues. And one of the, the examples that you can give is when you, if you're not following a model, it's like if everyone's on a race, if everyone's about to start a race and there's the starting line, um, and, and, and you know that the gun's about to go off. Um, if you can put models into your life ahead of times, it's like, it's putting you a hundred yards above the starting line, right? We've heard this in many books where it says you're standing on the shoulders of giants. And really what that is, is when you're standing on the shoulder of giants, you're standing on models, right? Because they've done it already. Success leaves clues, right? And so you taking those models that they have in their life for something that you want to acquire in your life. Let's just use example. Let's, you want to build a business, right? What kind of business do you want, right? What does it look like? for us and we're having this conversation, we take a look at expansion, right? When we were building out our real estate um, teams, we looked and said, okay, there's a whole bunch of different models for expansion. What's and the, m- we tried several of them. Yes, we did. We iterated a whole bunch of different models and, and ultimately it's not that they weren't even successful. It's that we woke up one day, probably five or six years ago and said, that's not what, who we are. That's not the model of how we want to build a business. I, we don't, and, and that model was either placing individual agents and having, you know, no real strategic leaders in the ground and just placing a bunch of agents there, um, throughout the country, right. Of, of doing that. Or do we want to lead through people and develop a leader and build a leader up who the leader then builds a, a, a team or a business around in that specific location. And for us, that just made a lot more sense because that's how I operate. And that's how you operate Hallie, right. Of just leading through people. Well, right. And it aligned with our belief system, which is we, build other leaders. Yes, that's, that's exactly right. Which is a model, right? And you know, one of the, you know, on the business side of things, I think when you following a model like this, you know, you follow Warren Buffett, right? Warren Buffett, if you actually look at, he's got a great financial strategy, but I actually, I think there's, it's underlooked or underserved to actually watch him, how he operates organizations. What does he really do? What is Warren Buffett's his whole world is acquiring companies mm-hmm. and helping his framework, like the backbone of his, of Warren Buffett, right. Helping to modify that business while keeping everybody pretty much the same in the positions that they're, they're having in there to help 
tweak it a little bit to make it a little bit better, to have a little bit stronger backing, to have his name, to have his, uh, you know, integration of a few new systems in there. But essentially what his model is, he buys people that have built a big business mm-hmm. and he's leading through them. And so when we, when I started building organizations, that's exactly how I wanted to frame my life was I never wanted to be the one that had the job. Right. I never, I never wanted to have a salary from a job, from having a job, having an owner salary is different. Right. But I never wanted to be an individual in there that was forced to show up and, and actually do something every single day. No, it doesn't mean you don't. It's not like Warren Buffett doesn't work. Let's not, we're not saying that. Right. It's just Warren went in there and had this model of I'm going to acquire companies that are already succeeding. Somebody may go in there. I'm going to acquire companies that aren't succeeding and I'm going to turn them around because, and I like to jump in there and I like to travel to China and build those whole things around and then sell them off. And I'll, then I'll travel to LA and build this company up. So that's awesome, right? That's the model that really works for them. You know, and other people, you know, have, have a, there's a myriad of, of different models that you can follow. So if you're listening to this far, well, the question I would ask you is what do you want in your life? Because there are, how many models do you think are out there, right? I mean, there's hundreds and millions of these models that are out there. So how do you know which one to pick, right? Because I think that's part of the problem is, is people haven't sat down to figure out where do I want a repeatable result in my life, right? Where do I want a repeatable result in my life? And if you want a repeatable result in business, then find the person who is living the model that you want that repeatable result in, right? You may find a model and there's people out there that live this model that says, I'm just going to work and I'm going to build as much as I can. And I'm going to dedicate my entire life to working and building and doing that. Like I, the couple people that come to mind, like Elon Musk, right? Or even Steve Jobs to a certain extent while he was alive, right? They just dedicated their entire lives to that, that cause. Co- that's awesome, right? That was their thing, right? Um, everyone gets to pick their model that they really ultimately want to follow in business. And one thing you always um, share with us is when once you have identified what's really important to you, like in the six categories of your future self, it's then looking at people like Elon Musk or Steve Jobs or whoever, but then making sure that you're actually looking at their their whole life because it's very easy to look at somebody who's super successful like Elon Musk or Warren yeah. Buffett or whatever. However, when you look at their whole life, does that actually check all of the boxes for you? And if it doesn't, then what do you do? Yeah. Well, then it brings the question up is, well, I'm going to follow maybe a model of their business life, but do you need to have $11 billion or a hundred billion dollars or is, you know, 10 million fine. Right. I mean, so there's right. different levels or not have a partner or have children exactly. or et cetera, et cetera. Right. Like what is important? Yeah. Well, actually, right. It was interesting. Well, Elon Musk is, I think he's married. I know he's a kid and that just, yes. that just that happened um, recently, like a couple months ago. Um, but I remember reading an article about him and he talked about, <laughs> you know, I've shared the last about this before. I think the last time he ever took a vacation was probably like 10 years ago. Now he actually got real sick on it and he's like, see, that's, I'm just not, I'm not the guy to take a vacation ever. Right. Like right. he's like, I just don't want to. And I remember reading, he went on a camping trip um, and he was, again, he was very clear on who he wants to be. That's what, that's awesome. And he was like, I went on a camping trip with my family and I had, uh, he basically had his whole staff bring his whole family up to set up all the tents. He like flew in in a helicopter, got dropped off. Like I just visioned him like coming out of the helicopter on like a rope, like down like Navy SEALs do like and spending a couple hours with his family and then getting helicopter back out to go to an appointment. If that's the life you want to live with your family, then great. Then follow his model for things that he can do, right? Mm-hmm. If, if that's not your, your life, then say, okay, what model? Here's the, here's, you know, the thing I see with so many small businesses is in entrepreneurs is they, they, 
they follow businesses that are achieving success and they, they just automatically adopt all of their models for business. Which the reality is, is there's a lot of businesses that are succeeding in spite of a lot of the models that they have. They have one model that's really working well for them and that makes them successful in cash and whatever it is that they're doing. But then a company comes in and says, I want to build all of this, right? And I'm going to take all of this. And then they're wondering why they're failing is because they, they missed why that model worked for them right? It may, that model may have worked for them because of who the CEO was or who the people that they attracted um, versus, you know, just blanketly adopting all the models in an organization without really vetting them without understanding of is, does it work for you? Right. And I think that's really important for people as they're building their businesses to make sure that you're, you're not adopting every single model um, that you're, that a business may be looking at doing, you know, for example, in, in real estate, you see a lot of people, um, you know, following models of high GCI, right? Like that's a mm-hmm. big, like, it's like, you know, all the show where they're following models. How do I pump my frontline number up? Right. Instead of actually, where's the bottom line number? Um, and that's one thing that I think people follow is they're following the model of how do I increase my GCI so I can get some ranking or some reward instead of really focused on the profit line number. And I think there's two different models. Right. right. I was gonna say, depending on what's it important. Depends, yeah, exactly. And I think there's two different models and people would say, well, profit's important, but really their ego gets in the way and overrides that and says, well, actually GCI is important. Um, I care much more about the profit, which I, it's really the only number that I, I mean, I, we look at the GCI, but it, a fraction of what that is compared to actually looking at what our profit number is every single month. And that's really the numbers for all of our businesses that we pay attention to. So it's kind of determining what model it's, you have to figure out, figure out what's important to you first. Once you figure out what's important to you, defining important means that an area in your life that you want to get a repeatable result in, right? That can be business and your personal life because you're all following certain models. Then when you start to bring that model in, you're most likely going to have different models for different things in your life, right? Right. Yeah. Talk, talk about that. Well, it's, it's, you, you may follow, you know, Warren Buffett, you know, for, for financing, I'm not going to follow his health strategies. I say that the guy's 89 years old and still running his company. I was saying something must be working But for you know, him. you know what the interesting <laughs> thing about that is, is, um, he, you know, he's famously known for eating McDonald's every single day, but that's, it's a model, but I don't know. It works for him for who his body and makeup is. Right. Right. And that's, it works for him. I wouldn't say that's going to work for the majority of people. Just like some people can literally go with three or four hours sleep and they're perfectly fine. That's, that's not a model that can be adopted for everybody. So are those more outliers? They're exactly what they are. Okay. They're outliers for all those different things. Um, so it's like, you know, like, so we're watching Warren Buffett, like you follow his, that I'm not going to follow his health strategies for what that is, even though he's, for him, it's worked because you've got to be worn to live that model of your life, right? And that's worked really well for him. But then how do you pick? I feel like that's a little contradictory between like, okay, so we're, we look at these person, we're going to follow their models. Follow their models business-wise. Right. Yeah. Or, but why? Some people might choose to follow that health-wise. He's obviously, like we said, old. Yes. He's, he's 89. <laughs> I just don't think that it's a model. I think if most people go out there and eat McDonald's every day, they're going to, they're not going to be able to maximize their genetic makeup. I mean, yes, logically, I'm totally with yeah. you. I get it. Yeah. But then how do we determine which models to follow? Because in theory, that's a model. And do we just test them out to see if they work for us and before adopting a different one? I mean, how do you really vet them if we say, Hey, Warren's, Warren's almost 90 years old, running successful businesses, living his life. 
Yeah. How do I know that one's not a good one to follow? Yeah. I, I mean, you point. could, you could definitely date it, right? I think you could, you could date it. I just think that the majority of people that are eating McDonald's every day are not going to be healthy. Um, and maybe, maybe the other thing that I would ask is if Warren adopted a healthier model, would he be even healthier right now? Sure. Maybe the fact, I think everybody physically has a genetic makeup, whereas you have an expiration date on your physical body. Now we, nobody really knows what that is, but so let's just say that it's, it's 110 for Warren Buffett. Maybe he, I don't know what he'll, maybe he works, he lives to 110, but whatever his expiration date is, maybe the whole point is how do you maximize your own expiration date um, with that? So if he became a little healthier, instead of living to 95, maybe he lived to 115 and pushing the envelope on what that expiration date is in maximizing your energy the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. And I was going to just say as individuals in our mid to late thirties, yes, we might not really be looking to for Warren for fitness or health models, we might be looking at somebody who's like 45 or I don't know. That's just what I'm thinking. I'm thinking of Mark Sison. I think he's the one who wrote primal blueprint and um, keto for life, whatever. If you go look at him, he's 66 years old. Yeah. He does look a lot different than yes. Warren Buffett. Buffett. Or look at, take, (laughs) take somebody like Jack LaLanne, right. Who lived to 96. Right. And, and one of the things in, in which I, I, appreciate. And he also was super active up until 96. Like he was rowing, he was swimming every day. He wasn't just reading and kind of being very um, sedentary, right? Which is more Warren's philosophy, right? So he was living. So you got to pick your out, figure out like, to me, I want to be active up until I'm a hundred years old, right? Like I love that model. So I'm looking at what he's doing. That's one of the reasons why, you know, when Jack LaLanne was interesting, when he realized that eating plants was much more healthier, he he, in his sixties, he completely switched up his entire meal from eating like meat every single day to lean protein to literally becoming a vegan and plant-based. Um, and that prolonged his entire life. Even for me, I, I you know, I consider myself about 90% plant-based and it was really funny over the weekend. For some reason we had barbecues kind of going on. I ended up eating more meat than I normally do. And I felt it, man. It was, mm-hmm. it was really, I remember just the second day and I'm like, I don't, I, I, I just been, it wasn't bad. It was like a hamburger. I skipped the bun, but like, I was just, I could feel it that I got outside my model and it really disrupted everything. It hurt my workout. Um, it, it just, it, it, I could feel the difference between really being lean on, on plants. It was funny. We were talking about models and I, I just think about like the Galapagos turtle that, um, so we always bring in animals and these things, different so. stuff, but you know, the Galapagos turtle lives to over a hundred years old. And so I'm reading about this cause I'm reading it with my six and a half year old and really learning about turtles. And they have one of the longest durations of life of any animal. And what do they eat? Plants. What do they do? They exercise, but they don't exercise like massively. They're just, they're constantly in motion. They're very relaxed. They're very slowed down and they're, and they're, and they're process. They can speed up when they need to, but they're just very, it's like, you just watch them kind of float. Like just, you take like a turtle does. Whereas like you think about like a, Tyrannosaurus, 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 <laughs> like a T-Rex or like a, like a Velociraptor. A Velociraptor. Velociraptor. Like you think about those, they have a very short lifespan. They're meat eaters. Well, they used to have they a short lifespan. Have you seen, um, what's the dinosaur show? They, they have a, actually like a, like a whole island with dinosaurs now, in case you didn't know. Um, you can go Is watch them. fiction? Yes, it is fiction. Okay. What, was that? what is that movie? 
Um, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park, yes, exactly right. So they can bring them back there. Anyways, the meat eaters have a very um, limited lifetime because they're always high. Their their heartbeat's going high. They're always chasing cheetah. Cheetah is a good example. (laughs) Or (laughs) yeah, in you know cheetahs and those cats, um, you know they don't live as long as other animals. Even an elephant. Elephants are plant eaters, right? Um, And they have a much longer lifespan than anything else. So again, I'm just using animals as these models. But when you want to prolong your physically. And you want to prolong your genetic makeup because everyone kind of has their expiration of how you maximize your own genes and why you're here to feel the best, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say different things work for different yeah, people. Absolutely. I mean, diet is one of those things that, not a diet, but diet in yes. the sense of nutrition is one of the, the biggest conflicting information in terms of models. But I think to a certain degree, it's just finding out what works for you and you sometimes have to test out different you models. You definitely need to test out different but things. But give them also, and this is the other thing I was gonna say about models and diets specifically to, is one of them, You or even business, you have to give the model enough time yes. to see whether or not it actually works before you're like, screw that one, I'm on to the next. Or else you, really that's just winging it. Yes. While thinking you're following a model. Yes. Well, and I think, yeah, let's just, let's just kind of segue to that right now. I think that's to get up us, these animals. Yeah. <laughs> but, you brought um, us down that path. Yeah, did. But <laughs> if you think about this, like in business, like for expansion, when we really started nailing expansion, we started partnering with people who did what? Yes. Oh, oh, follow, yeah. follow the model. model. Yes, yeah. so you could say, right? Yeah. Yeah. But that's exactly right. We, we consider that like, we own the part of people who want to really follow the model because what we saw was, People said, I want to follow a model and they use the words intellectually and it's like they wanted to, but it's like a part of them wouldn't allow them to because of some myths around models. Right. And so the people that when we really started nailing expansion, we, we hired people who were willing to follow models and execute on the models and even that though, made them successful. Yes. I was gonna, so even though sometimes it was boring, even though yes. they didn't get to be too creative, although we are going to talk about how you can be creative yes. within a model, um, even though they, yeah, they didn't get to go try something different all of the time. Um, yeah. When they committed to it, I mean, expansion has taken off in the past couple of yes. years. Yes. Specifically. Yeah. I mean, we were having some of the three best months in a row profit wise, like yes. just, and it's all accumulation of having people that are constantly right. Uh, following the model and it's not sexy, right? It's not, it's super, you're not coming out there and say, today we're going to do this and tomorrow we're going to do this. It's following a model that you know works because you want, look, if you want in business, if you want repeatable cash flow, if you want cash flow that comes that's repeatable for you, you need to input a repeatable action in order to get the repeatable cash flow, right? It's the same, it's, it's, that's, that's it in a nutshell. People don't do it because they, to your point, Hallie, they get down 20 days or 30 days into it and they go, see, I'm just not really seeing the results. And really what they, what the reason why their mind kind of jumps in there is really what's happening is they're going, "Ah, this isn't fun anymore. And then they, instead of saying that, they just say, this isn't working for me. Or they're not, or you may have just said this, but, or they're not seeing the results. Yeah, I did. I did just say that. Sorry. I'm just kidding. My my brain was on something else. Um, Yeah. They're just not seeing the results yet and they haven't given it quite enough time. Yeah, because it, because it's boring to a certain extent. Like you have to yeah. master the boredom, right? Gary Keller says it all the time, master the boredom of success. And I think that's model following isn't fun at a lot of times. It can be though, because if you, if you let go of the outcome of wanting to make it creative every day, you actually, you, you embrace the fact that what matters more is the repeatable result. How do you, how, how much time is enough time before you really know okay this is like even if you're talking about diet or a business yeah before you're like okay this is 
this is my model. I'm going to keep on pushing ahead with this one. This one works for me. Or this is just not the right model. I need to, it's time to try something different. Well, I think in physicality, you get a, you get a successful feedback loop really quickly, right? Like you'll know. And I think, you know, again, I, I think I may have said this before, but I, I don't want people to be wealthy for a day or healthy for a day, right? Like that's not like, you know, or family for a day. It's you want to put models in your life that can be sustainable for your entire life right? This isn't just a race to get there and then to race to get back to where you were, right? Um, it's a model that you can implement into your life so that you can literally live that every single day, right? When I was, I was reading, I've been talking about the 12 week year a lot because yeah. I've been reading it. Um, but what this, how this correlates to me is that when you put your, put your 12 week plan together, whatever that is, you decide what model you're going to follow for the next 12 weeks, whatever mm-hmm. that is. Um, weight loss is an easy one to talk about. Yeah. And then you actually keep track of your activities and you score yourself on those to see if you're actually executing. And then you act, that gives you a check, like, did I actually follow the model or did I not? And after 12 weeks, if you don't have that result, you say, oh, that model didn't work. Well, did you actually, actually follow, it. follow it and actually do the activities? And in the 12-week year, it does give you like a framework for um, uh, a scorecard, essentially, so that you are actually tracking, did you do it? And then if you did do all of those activities and you still didn't see the result, then that might be time for a different model. But if you didn't do any of the activities and you didn't see the result, then obviously it's because you didn't actually follow the model. Yeah. Or you may have, you may have been following a model that you didn't do all the quite research on that you needed to in order to figure out what the kind of secret the sauce right was. was. Exactly. Right. Kind of like the McDonald's story where they followed the model of why they were successful and they failed and they went back and traced the entire fry route and they realized that the potatoes were cured. And that was the actual, that was the simple sauce, but they missed that the first couple of times because they didn't do all the research necessary to figure out why their French fries tasted the way they did. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's kind of looking back, it's missing. So you can adopt all the models we talked about earlier, but it, you got to make sure that you're adopting the model that's going to get you to that repeatable result that you're looking for. Um, one of the, we, you know, we, in models, uh, you know, what's really fascinating with models is people we're talking about like why, you know, when to switch models, different things, people get really, um, focused on sophisticated and, um, kind of, uh, in-depth models, but they rarely work. People get attracted to the sophistication of models or they get attracted to the, the intensity of a model that's very long and they get, they get all into it. But if, can you give me an example? Well, if a model can't be put onto one page, then it's very difficult to follow. Got it. Yeah. And so, and I think I see a lot of people that are very intellectually, they, they try to get so they get, they grab all these models and try to pull them in. They get so caught up in that, in the research of the model of being it and trying to follow it instead of, actually being able to narrow that down to one page where you can see it in your mind's eye, right? Like you can see that model right there. Like I think about like model for expansion is like 51% culture, which means they're model following 49% profit. which means we follow an economic system. Like I can see that in my mind really quickly on one page. It's also like, you know, and then it gets, because if you can't provide that clarity around the model um, and it can't fit in there, that can be a challenge for people, right? It can be a challenge for, for those things. So it, it, you got to be careful not getting too attracted to the sophistication of very elongated models. I'm give you an example, like calendars, right? Because a calendar is, a calendar is really just a pre-thought way of how you spend your time, mm-hmm. right? That's all that a calendar is, is engineering your week or month or year, year ahead, with how you're going to spend your time. It's the execution. Yes, exactly. It's not a plan, it's an execution. Most people are just kind of like, well, what's going to go in there? I throw it in there. But I've seen like the most sophisticated calendars 
with 17 different colors, mm-hmm. right? You're using two different phones to have all the different models and they don't end up following it. But they got, and they fell in love with the, the attraction of the sophistication of the model, but it wasn't usable or it wasn't usable for their life. Or all the planning sometimes yeah. feels well, that's, so yes, good exactly. to plan this really That's what complex, I mean. Yeah. This, they get attracted to the sophistication of the planning of the entire model instead of actually implementing the model itself of just being very simple on those things. And that can, that can cause and derail businesses, right? Because you put these in very, like you're just, you're planning this, you're getting all these models done, you're getting all this thing in here and you got this, this 17 page write up. And you're like, well, where do, where does anybody start? Right. If you can't keep it to a single page, right. Then it's not really, you can't, you need to shoot your model. Now, yes, you can have strategic functions and things, how they go. But if you can't have that down to one single page on your model, you need to refine your model to make it very easy. Like, you know, for you, for instance, like you, and you asked earlier too, about kind of when is the expiration date on a model or when do you, you stop doing those models? It basically depends on where you're at too. Like there's always going to be different models for, for different stages of where you're at. Like if you go with physicality, if you're losing a little weight for me personally, when I first started losing, you know, a lot of weight, it was very easy because I can just cut out a few things and bam, you start losing weight. But then I, then I held tight for a long period of time at a certain weight. Right. And it wasn't until I actually ended up going, um, really plant-based and it's on that whole animal plant-based thing. But, uh, when I went plant-based that I, that I lost another 16 pounds in like, in like the next two and a half months. Um, and now I've kept that weight. So I had to readopt or readjust my model to get to the next level or constant refinement of that. Right. So you kind of layer that on there, uh, with it. And the same thing in business, if you're, if you're achieving a certain level of success, um, I think people get to, and this is one of the myths I think people have is like, they get to this level and I hear this with them and they go, you know, I don't really, I don't need another model in my life. And I'm like, well, why? And then they go like, well, I'm just really comfortable with where I'm at right now. The problem is when you see this in business is people get really comfortable with them. And it's almost like somebody just pack me away, <laughs> put me over here and nobody touch my life. Right. It's like, well, but what's wrong with that? Well, hold on. Okay. The problem with this is like, you know, I, I like this and I'm talking specifically about business. Okay. The problem with that is you're always one downturn away for everything not being okay. You're always one issue away from, from not being able to sustain any of that. So it's almost like you just want to hold on to this and not let anybody unpackage it for you because you're unwilling to change your model. And if you don't change that model, you're at some point, every model has an expiration date and you will ultimately go out. Because Blockbuster ex- is a great example of say, this. Because of external forces. Exactly. And, and unwillingness to change. Yeah. And by the way, you may, you may stay in that bubble for 10 years right? Like it may be perfect. And I hear this with people, man, I was just, I was, I was doing fine for all this period of time. And then all of a sudden they get something else comes in there, but they're so close to the line because they're unwilling to, to they're just, they reach this comfortable stage in their life and a comfortable income level. And with the income then supports their lifestyle, right? That they just don't want to mess with that. And so, but then all of a sudden one thing interjects, one arrow, one person leaves, one economic force, something becomes this trigger. And then all of a sudden they're now fighting to get in this thing. They're trying to fight to get back to where it was and which then have to reforce them to change their entire model to get even back with them. Cause we see that with people and they go, you know what? Like I, I did this before and you know, I, I it worked for 15 years. I mean, I'm not saying it can't work for a while, but at some point it'll change. If you aren't willing to disrupt your current model from a business standpoint, it'll get disrupted for you and you won't be able to control it.
And so that's why you have to, if you're always willing to live a vertical life, right? Which means, or, or you're always, you're never selling, you're never giving up. You're just always pushing forward to see the next, that is a model, right? Like I consider myself, um, you know, of somebody that wants to always be uncomfortable in the realm of areas that I want to be uncomfortable with. But and not everyone subscribes to that model. I know. I'm just talking about yeah. my model. Um, but for me, if you want to live a, a, which I think most people do, they want to keep growing in their business life, right? So they don't get caught in that harmful area there. Um, when you're breaking through that ceiling, that means that you're going to have to put a new model in your life, a new model in your life. And like the example for, for us right now is when things started becoming comfortable, you know, call it earlier this year, if you will. Um, I started realizing I need to go out and push the world a little bit in our world. And so we went out and, and I kind of made a plan for how we're going to do that. And we acquired, you know, a couple of different businesses to kind of then stretch me because it's now causing me to have to develop new models for different businesses that we've now pulled in there. Um, and I can feel that uncomfortableness a little bit because it's just a little out of my control. And so like it, it's causing me to actually go out there and have to develop different models for those things. But what were you going to say? Well, I guess I'm just curious, is there ever a time when a model is good enough? Like, and maybe business isn't the best example because yes, most businesses want to continue to grow, but I'm, I'm talking physicality. About absolutely. Physical. Right? Yeah. Family. Or family yeah. 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 Absolutely. Cause it sounds like you're saying you always need to be one step ahead of disrupting your own model, but I don't know if that's necessarily true. If you really find a great model for your family or your, your spirituality, why 100%. do you need to be changing it? You don't. That's why I said, when you said that, I said specifically for business. Okay. Um, but absolutely. When you find a way to even invest your money, you might have to touch that for the rest of your life. Gotcha. If you yeah. find a way, physicality that works really well for you, you may have to touch that for the rest of your life. You right? only need to change it if you're if you need to change it. Yeah. And my whole thing is those are things that you can control. Business, you don't control, right? But you can't always control your family or your physical. Well, you can. Well, not, I mean- all of a sudden spouse comes home and says that they want a divorce. That's out of your control. And you have to redefine a model for your family or you have um, well, a, then there a, you go. a physical injury. Well, then you, you have, have to, to, de you have to develop it. Well, those are external forces that we're right. talking about. So it's that, not always in your control. Well, it's in your control until an external force doesn't uh, right. comes in there. Which and is a it. business too. Yeah. Well, if somebody comes in and says they want a divorce, you still have a model to follow that, right? You can unconscious uncoupling, right? Like well, it's you a can, new model. It's a new model that can do it. You have to redefine your model for your family, don't you? You know, I struggle with that a little bit because I think if you are, I guess I subscribe to the model of that life is happening for us. So I don't necessarily, whether that you're going through divorce or not going through divorce, it doesn't really change the way I feel for my family. Um, so it would, it would, yes, it's a new there's a new activity level that has to change or you're changing the, the schedule of things. Um, but I'm not sure it's a model that you're changing in terms of how you, like, if I think about like my family, like my kids specifically, there's a model that I'm gonna give to them that I love them. Right. And there's certain things that I do with them that I'm there. Um, so that won't change for that physicality. Um, for me is like, okay, then you're constantly, it's about how, how, how much, how much energy do I have? Like, how, how do I feel? Um, and if I can constantly continue to tweak that, then it continue to purposeful and be purposeful. There. I also just think to a certain extent though, you don't have to change those, but you can always refine them constantly. Isn't yeah. there always refinement of like taking it to another level? I just don't, you can be pleased with where you're at, but also striving for more. Um, and so I think just every model, you don't necessarily have to disrupt it mainly, but if you're not, if you're not, if you decide that I don't want to live a vertical life in the areas that are important to me, and then you just want to stay there, then you may just end up staying with that same outcome. I, I know. And this is just me being contrary because that's how, what I do. But 
you make it sound like such a negative thing that somebody might be okay with what the model is and where they've, what they've achieved. Yeah. I mean, I see what you're, I see what you're saying. So it's just kind of like the same thing of like, you know, you get that future self and they've gotten it. But isn't the whole point of like doing a future self is to change something in your physical and your, and your spiritual. Well, I, I guess, I don't know. I mean, at some point well, when you, you feel out of physical, when you feel like a future self or isn't there something new that you want to accomplish or refine during those things or intensify the experience more? Sure. Yes. I th- and I think that's because you want to live a vertical life. You, and that's right. all that means from that is yeah. that you just constantly. And there's some people who that'll, they will get to that three year future self and they will stay there. Maybe. Yeah. I can't define that I for mean, people. Yeah. I mean, I think some people may, but then you end up, you should just end up risking, you know, the fact of the whole point of, again, going back to the spirituality session of this is, you know, the whole point of all of this is that you constantly are growing, right? That you're constantly have work to do here. And so it's just, it doesn't mean you change the, you know, you have to go buy a boat to change that experience. It just means that you're going deeper into the experience. You have deeper intimacy with your partner. You have deeper, deeper intimacy with your, with your kids. You have a deeper understanding, compassion for your workers or your employees or your vendors or whatever that is. So there's always constantly this level that you're, you're not changing everything in your world, but you're constantly growing deeper into that level of that. And I think there's just a, so when it is tricky because I think people get out there and say, I don't really want to now, now maybe that's just not important to you. So there's that question, but there's something in your life that's important to you that you want to continue to move forward with in a model. That's why it goes back to the original thing of asking the question, what is really important to you right now? And a future self comes in there and says, you know, I, this is really important to me right now. And you're going to be in different seasons. Sometimes maybe financial, sometimes maybe family. Sometimes it may be physical, right? So at different levels and different places, different seasons of your life, you're going to have to work on different things and you have to develop, you know, most likely a different model for that. When you, when we have, and likely we'll have different models for those different, those six different categories, right? Mm -hmm. Um, How do we balance all of these different models? And specifically if we're role modeling after somebody or a specific business where they have contradictory frameworks. Yeah. Well, I think that's why you, you go to them and and if you see somebody succeeding in business wise, then you say, okay, well, what is their, what does their personal life look like? Right. So, cause you may find somebody who's literally the worker bee that's, that's doing everything and running everything, but has no, we talked about Elon Musk from there. So that's, that wouldn't be a model that I would follow for my life because that's not what I want out of it. And then, right. You say your life, but you, would you still want to follow the business side or is the business? No, not really. Not to that. It's impossible. It's impossible because yeah. what he's doing, it works for him. Right. So then I'm just, I'm not going to go follow his, his business life that way. Right. right. Um, I'm going to go follow somebody else who's literally, who has the personal, I, I just, I think it's a fallacy to think that your business can't succeed. Um, you know, that, that you need to be the worker to have your business succeed. That's not, yes, there's times in your life where, where you have to put in more and there's a season that may be for a year or two that you have to put in more work, but you don't have to trade hours, right? For missing other components of it. And I think what happens is the ego, the doing side of the body or the doing side of things gets so caught up in needing to do more and more and more. So more successful you have, you just need more of it. Right. And so you just get so caught up with that side of your life that it never ends and it's never going to end no matter how much money you have versus understanding that I'm going to allow, and this is me speaking here is like, there's a certain amount of hours I'm willing to give majority of the time to business. 
There's a certain amount of hours that I'm willing to give to physicality, right? And that's adjusted. You know, a couple of years ago, it was more. Now I've tailored that back a little more. And there's a certain amount of time that I'm giving to my family. There's a certain amount of time that, you know, I'll give to X, right? And so you just, you, you develop that model in there. And then you just, you, when you're in that zone, you just, you, that's the model that you're following. And yes, you may not happen as quickly as somebody else who's putting all of their time into that, but at the same time, I don't want that. I don't want to be working like Elon Musk does for 20 to 24 hours and being dropped in on a helicopter to right. have a and camping trip. I think some people actually, that is the life awesome. that they want. Or I yes. think the people that I follow, like Angie Belmar and Oprah, they work a lot. Mm-hmm. They don't have children. But that's something I can model my life after because, yes. um, I mean, who doesn't want to be Oprah? But <laughs> it might be hard to be Oprah if she had five kids and, you know, yeah. these other things going on in her life. Yeah. Well, that's why it started off. The first thing is what's important to you. That's what models models are. Doesn't matter what's important to you, right? It can be, if you want to be an Ironman, then you're going to have to follow a different model and you're most likely not going to be in business, right? Right. Or, or have a family to be honest with you, or, or, or if you're going to be in just because there's so much training that goes in there and so much that goes on with that, or if you want to be a major league baseball player or whatever it is, right? Just different models for different things that you want. It doesn't mean one's right or wrong. There's no judgment on how somebody lives that out. You just pick the model that you want and then you follow that one based on how, how you want to live your life. Yeah, and and I think that it just is being super aware of, like, even me just is sitting here saying, oh, Oprah, she's such a, you know, am I actually willing to do and work as hard as Oprah does? Or, like, people say, oh, I want to be an Iron Man. Are you actually willing to do all all of the work that is required to, act, to, to get there? Yeah. Let alone all the things you have to say no to, or all the other models that you can't follow. But just being really aware that if, if that is the model, you have to really look at everything that it requires. And yes are you, are you willing to do the work in their whole entire life? Right. Like they're everything that goes into that. And then you just say, okay, well, what can I take from there that then will help me in my journey to follow this model? And then you just start putting that into play. So it's really important to find somebody. And then you, you, you just, you make sure that are they factoring, are they um, following their models for something specific, right? That's there. Like, it's pretty easy to follow somebody's most likely like their eating habits without having to be the rest of their life because that's not acquiring a ton of different things. Business is a little bit different, right? From those things. I actually heard uh, Hugh Jackman talk about uh, this, which I thought was fascinating, a model that he follows in his life. Um, he calls it the 85% rule, which he didn't make up. It came from um, an individual who was uh, following Carl Lewis, who Carl Lewis was this sprinter, a hundred meters. And, uh, he, he always, he was winning a lot of sprints, but typically they, the, the kind of notion had been, if you win a, in the hundred meter sprint in the first 40 yards, whoever kind of takes off, but he was actually in like the bottom pack on the first 40 yards, but then won. And so what they found was when they studied all this, they found out that, um, people like most likely like you and I who operate, we don't need like in like accountability or like somebody to tell us to go work or to show up or do those things. We're constantly doing that. And he said for him, Hugh said, whenever I found myself at a hundred percent, I actually, it's not a good spot for me. And so I bring myself and I said, I'm going to, I'm going to operate at 85%, which is more of a relaxed state. And I actually end up getting faster and doing things better instead of squinching my face and trying to get down. And what they found with Carl Lewis was at when he, he, ran at 85% the whole time instead of the racers at the end, when they studied this, were squinching their face and trying to run at a hundred percent, which actually made them slower. And that's how he passed them. Hmm. 
And so, and, and Hugh said he's worked on that a lot in his life when him and I were texting, just kidding. um, he, you know, he was, he was like, yes, I had to put that in my life because I'm not somebody I would just go and get in my mind. I would say, I need to work harder to get this and do this and do that. And he goes, then I would just squeeze everything and tighten everything up and it actually gets slower. I like that. Um, the thought of having being in a relaxed state Yes, and it, it's along lines of what we talk about. It's the consistency over intensity or yes. even it's feeling like if you're at that hundred percent, you're forcing it Yes, um, rather than relaxing. Yeah. Into, I really like that. Yeah. It came from Carl Lewis is the 85% rule, which is, you know, and that's a model for people who are high achievers because they're always, they're like, Oh, I'll put in the work, but just bring it back down to 85% make sure you're at an 85% model. And that's like that relaxed state of working. And you actually, it's just easier to do it. If you ever look at like runners, the runners who win are just in this relaxed state. Right. Um, and even business owners, right? Like people that get really kind of uptight, like they're just, you can see it in them. They get so tight. They, they end up hurting their physicality and their life and, and just they're squeezing. Like you're just they're trying to get, like, they're just trying to sprint. Right. And it actually makes them slower, mm. which I thought was a, it was an awesome cool, um, yeah. kind of model to follow that kind of 85% rule um, instead of a hundred percent rule. Now I was thinking about that when they're talking about there is there's some people who actually need to turn it up to a hundred percent because yeah. they are not that. And so if they get into a business setting, they may be at a 50% kind of work ethic or kind of how they model. And they mean to turn that up to a hundred percent. So again, it goes back to understand what's important to you, being very self-aware of the words what, that you right. use around what it is and, and where you want to go, and then adopt those models. But just to kind of wrap this all up, the thing that you have to remember from models is that you don't need a model for every part of your life. You need a model for the places that are really important to you. And you need a model for in places that are really important to you, which means a place that has repeatable results, that you want something that happens continually. That's a model that you follow, right? You just need to follow that model. You want your teeth to be cleaned every day. You follow the model by brushing your teeth two or three times a day and flossing, right? That's a model to be able to do that. So you just follow the model um, that kind of keeps you to getting that, that result. When you stop getting the result that you deserve based on that or the result that you're not hitting there, then you need to refine your model and constantly break through it or find a different one to adjust to that. But models are going to run your life one way or another. You don't real if you don't have any self-awareness of the model you're following, you're following a model. It may just be a very entrepreneurial model, but you're following it or winging it in business. And again, when you're following models, you have to stay with them for a period of time. You use the word like 12 weeks, right? I think, we talk, you know, the one thing talks about 66 days on average, which may be one or two years though, in order to follow a model, depending on who you are and what the activity is in order to see that. In business, that's going to be a lot longer of a model following to see the results that you're looking for. And model following can be, is all about mastering the boredom of success. It's, it's not about something that's new every day. Now you can filter in creativity into there, but it's about following the model and you wake up and you stop thinking about it. You wake up and you literally just follow the model for what it is that you need to do. And that produces the result instead of allowing yourself to, to derail the model because it's not, you just don't want to do it anymore. And that's where you start seeing varied success instead of success that continually repeats itself. Hey, if you like this episode of Business Meets Spirituality, make sure to subscribe to this podcast before you go so you don't miss future episodes. Or visit our website, adamhergenrother.com. That's H-E-R-G-E-N-R-O-T-H-E-R to subscribe to our show wherever you listen to your podcast. And don't forget, never give up on joy.